Welcome to the Board Shorts Podcast. I'm your host, Lisa Cook, and I'm here with yet another easy to digest dose of valuable board and company director related information designed to help you to get on board and thrive in the boardroom. You're listening to episode 29, The Art of Networking with Jerry Kleeman. Imagine being in a new city, in a new country, where you don't know anyone, and you're having to build your professional and personal network from a completely zero base. This is what my husband, Jerry Kleeman, agreed to do over 20 years ago when he moved from the US to Adelaide, Australia, to take on a senior role in a global company. He's now considered by many people, not just himself, to be the person who knows everyone. And his ongoing networking activities continue to return value for him, his clients, and others in his network. Networking often instills dread in many of us. So I wanted to bring Jerry onto the show so he could share his somewhat extreme network building story to encourage you to embrace network building activities. And that's not just meeting new people at events. Unlike Jerry, you already likely know many people. This is your existing network and is a great place to start when becoming intentional with progressing your board goals. From there, you can start to work outwards, building an intentional, valuable network who will go to bat for you when it comes to board opportunities. Now, I don't want to give too much away, so let's get into this conversation with my wonderful husband, Jerry Kleeman. Hey, Han. Thanks for joining me on the podcast today. Well, it's a pleasure to be here. It's about time we got you on. I just always watch you interviewing everyone else. I'm Never thought I'd get a turn. (laughs) You are, thankfully. Now, I wanted to get into it, and I thought it was probably best to start this conversation by really sharing with the listeners about why you're so good at networking, why I think you're very good, and why, quite frankly, everyone else thinks you're very good at networking as well. So tell me about your experience about moving across the other side of the world and starting from network zero. Thank you. Um, It was daunting. So obviously with my accent, uh, Chicago was home. That's where I had lived my life. And all of a sudden I was deposited in Australia, Adelaide, and didn't know a single person really. And then I was stayed with a company for a few years, and then all of a sudden, I'm on the marketplace in Adelaide with really no contacts, no network, no social contacts, no business contacts, and it was daunting. It was something that I had to start from scratch, learn what I was doing. I don't know that I was any expert networker, um, but but I learned what what I was doing and what to do. And I think anyone can do this if you just have the right process and go to it. Okay. So looking back on 
the how many years now have you lived in Adelaide? 20 odd years? 22. 22 years that you've lived in Adelaide and where you are now. Looking back, what aspects or elements do you think returned the most value to you? Well, there's a number of things. I like to turn around and go, well, it's no one single thing. I don't believe there's a silver bullet and you got to do a bunch of things. But I don't think this is that different than all kinds of other processes. I was just reading over the holidays a book called Peak that talks about how to be elite at anything. And, and the processes were really the same that I've been using in networking for years. So thinking about where you want to end up and having a plan and then finding out what the best people do and and then setting some very specific goals and challenging yourself, get a little bit out of your comfort zone, getting feedback, et cetera, et cetera. If you can do those kinds of things, I think anyone can be pretty darn good at building a network. So what is your approach now then? What, 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 is, what is networking to you? Yeah. Well, it's, it's interesting. Um, if you actually look at a dictionary definition of networking, it's very different than when most people think. So most people think of networking and they kind of recoil because they think it means going out, flogging something, or selling things to people who don't want it, and meeting a whole bunch of new people every time. And that's just simply not what I believe networking really is. So if you look at a dictionary definition, it's really made up of two parts. The first one's interacting with others. And the second one is developing professional and or social context. So if I just go, well, yes, obviously, it's it's going to be things where we're where we're interacting with others, but there's a lot of ways we can do that, including using digital tools, and we'll talk a little bit about that. And the second part of it is how do we develop contacts professionally and socially, and I kind of look at it, if you need to call somebody, who do you call, and why would anyone ever want to call you? And if we start with that, that becomes the basis of how we build a network. Why would anyone want to call Lisa, Jerry, or whoever? And if you want to find something and what you might want to find, who do you go to? And to me, that's what really having a great network is. It's not about flogging things. It's I want people to think of me when they need things that I can provide. And if I can do that and make sure that, that they're thinking of me, great. And by the same token, I need to be able to know who the best are at various other things. So I've tried over the last 22, 23 years to to build that network of contacts that I can call on and they can call me. Um, and in essence, it's a, it's a way of um, oil to lubricate the social network. And there's a number of ways that we do that, which I'm sure we'll be talking about. Well, why don't we get into those? Yeah, to, to, talk to us about some of those ways. I think like the more practical, the more specific, I think is really going to help people. Yeah, so th- there's an, and thank you for that, Lisa. There's a number of things. But first and foremost, I think you have to have a plan. And most people don't. They simply go, hey, there's an event coming up. I've got to go there. They have no idea really what they're doing. They haven't practiced and they just show up and sometimes they get lucky and it works. Most times it doesn't. They have a tough experience and 
because of that, they don't want to do it again. They just feel really uncomfortable. So I, I start with a plan. What does great look like to you? I'm stealing that phrase from someone much smarter than me. But what does great look like? What would it really mean to be able to walk in and know lots of people? Or what would it be to have people calling you up on a regular basis saying, hey, I know you're really good at this. Could you help me? And that you know who the go-to people are. So, so having that as a beginning plan. And then starting to think, well, where am I going to go? So one of the things, and let's go right into one of the, the traditional areas of an actual event. Mm-hmm. Most people, they just flip around from different kinds of events. I'm a really big believer, if you're going to an event and I'm going to go to a particular chamber of commerce, Go to the same event multiple times. Don't go to 10 different kinds of places for a whole lot of reasons. You're going to be more comfortable. You're going to understand their protocols, their ways of doing things. Plus, if you start going to the same place regularly, they'll do you favors. You can ask to sit by certain kinds of people or people with certain demographics or certain industries or to be introduced to somebody. If you show up once, no one's going to do you a favor. So that's one. Second one, most people, if it's a 12 o'clock to 2 o'clock lunch kind of thing, they show up at 12, they say hello to the people sitting around them, they leave at 2. I'm going to challenge that. So what I'm going to actually say is spend a little bit of time ahead of time. See if you know, if you can find out who's attending. If you can try to sit by people who might be attractive to you in terms of a professional standpoint. Maybe there are people in an industry that you're trying to get to meet. Maybe there's someone that uh, could do wonderful things for you and you could do wonderful things for them. See if you can sit by them. If you can't, get there early. If it's worth a couple of hours, it's worth more. And get there early Find out who's attending if we haven't known it before. So go look at all of the name tags of of places. Find out who's there. Have a little pen and a paper, and there might be two or three of those people that you really want to see. If you're there early, and we'll start, you're dressed the right way, whatever that is, whatever you want to be known for. I mean, I'll give you a quick example. I don't wear ties anymore. For many of the networking things, I wear a suit and tie. It's the image that I want to project if people haven't thought of me. Um, People that know me really well, I'm going to be a bit more casual. But for particularly places where I'm going to be running into new people, I'm dressed a certain way. I've practiced. I know which side of my sport coat, suit jacket. I know which side of pocket that I keep my... Uh, business cards in. I make sure I have plenty of them. They're clean. They're crisp. Everything's right before I go. On my left side, I put cards that I get. That way I never mix them up. I have an elevator speech, and we can talk a little more about those, but most people ramble on with elevator speeches. There's a lot of science that you have seven seconds or less. Some people will even tell you you have three. I'll go with seven. Seven seconds does not give you a lot of time to say things before people start tuning you out. So how can you say something, hopefully unique, but even if it's not that special, that gets people to say one of two things. How do you do that or tell me more? So for me, I just say something like, 
I help CEOs and senior executives excel. It probably needs a little polishing these days, but it's worked really well for me. I'm very comfortable. I use it all the time. I don't change it from place to place. And it works to get people to say, tell me more. Once they do, I have probably 30 to 40 seconds to be able to tell them a little bit more of what I do. If they're interested at all then, then I'm able to say, rather than go through all the details more, hey, it sounds like we're pretty interested and we have something in common. How about I get your card, here's mine, would you mind if I give you a call first thing tomorrow morning and we set something up? When I call, they're shocked because no one actually follows up and does what they said they're gonna do, so I'm already way ahead of everybody else. It's not selling, it's not flogging, it's actually asking interesting questions about people and when they ask what, um, what I do, I tell them in a seven second elevator pitch. But you have to practice it, you have to make sure you're using the right words, seven seconds doesn't give you a lot of time. So at, at an event, if I'm there, I'm usually the first person there, I'm greeting people as they come, I'm sort of acting as almost a host, um, talking to people. What are you here for? What do you hope to get out of it, et cetera? What do you do? And if there's a great connection, fantastic. I'm not really looking for my business networking. I'm really not looking for uh, social context. So for the most part, I'm looking for people who might need my services. And so I'm asking those questions. And if they're not, I'm moving on in a polite, respectful way. Hey, I'm just going to keep moving, or hey, we're all here to network, or hope you have a great time at lunchtime. I'll see you later. As soon as it's time to go get my seats, most people run right to their seat. I don't. I'm going to move to those two or three people who I know are coming, who are sitting at other tables, and I'm going to go up to them and go, hey, Lisa, I saw that you were here. I've really wanted to meet you. Um, I know that we're getting ready for the speaker, to, the lunch to get started. Would you mind if I called you tomorrow morning and, and I think there's, there's some things we uh, could talk about or some things I could help you. Now, you need to be authentic. Again, you can't just be flogging stuff. But if you do that in a professional way and you don't abuse it ever, people will say, sure. And it's really hard to turn you down for that, especially if you have a reputation for integrity. And it, you'll, get, you'll get to meet some of those people. I finally then go sit down and we'll say hello to the people in, you know, around my seat or if it's you know, just wandering around. And I'll kind of go to sleep when the speakers are talking if it's that kind of place. If it's a cocktail party, I'll just kind of do whatever I need to do. But um, that's when everyone else sort of is doing the work. To me, the biggest thing those speakers are are their draw cards to get the kind of people that I want in my professional contacts um, into the room. And then finally, when it's done, again, I'm using a 12 to 2 luncheon facility, but it could be anything, where... At 2 o'clock, everyone runs out. Well, I'm going to say stick around just a little bit. There's usually some people who haven't run away that are sitting by themselves or in twos or threes. And if you kind of go up to them and say, hey, what'd you get out of that? Or um, what'd you enjoy about that? Or what'd you learn from that speaker? They'll share with you. 
And some of those people are really interesting people that are there to hear something about that topic that presumably so are you. Um, you might have some things in common, and just that extra 10 minutes of hanging around could be very valuable to you. But all of that, I would have some KPIs on. And people always go, Jerry, you're really talking about having KPIs in an event? Absolutely. You wouldn't invest several hours of time and whatever kind of money you're going to spend on things and not ask for a return on investment for almost anything else. So, of course, we're going to do it here. In my way, that gives you a chance to get feedback as to whether it worked or not and whether whether anything needs to be changed. Do you need a different um, a different kind of function? Do you need uh, a different look? Maybe you need to change something about your look or do you need to change your elevator speech or something? But if you're changing everything all the time, you don't know. So I'll have a KPI like um, I want to meet five new people or 10 new people or I want two new appointments. And if I can make it, great. If not, then I'm looking at changing. So it's not setting yourself a goal of how many business cards can I throw at other people? Yeah, I don't think that's really that important. Um, I'm really genuinely looking at people that I may well be able to help or that um, um, that might be able to help me because that's just as important too. Um, and, and I'm trying to be a connector a little bit here. So if there's good people that are tops of their fields, I want to know those people because someone in my network in a broad basis, they might need some of these people. And if I can be the lubricant again, um, I become the go-to guy for my broader network. And I want people calling me because they know that I know the people and will be the one introducing them. Mm. And I think that that's such a great approach. And, and other people have actually given me feedback about how you do that and do that well. Um, and it's something that you've obviously developed over 20 odd years um, and that you were likely doing in the US before coming to Australia anyway. I want to play devil's advocate for a second. Knowing that there are a lot of people out there that may not have a job that takes them to regular opportunities for networking, um, especially through events and things like that. And there's a lot of people out there where the thought of interacting with people, with new people in that type of setting, probably gets close to petrifying them. <laughs> the good thing is that those people are willing to put themselves out there and to start on their networking journey, if we want to call it that. For those people, what would you say to them? Yeah, it's a great Great point, Lisa. But there's probably two or three things that I'd be looking at. First of all, even if you're not in a position to do, let's say, luncheon kinds of things, everybody has opportunities for these all the time. You go to your local uh, child's football game or, you know, cocktail party before Christmas or some sort of work function in a larger company. You're going to be meeting people. Some of them you don't know all the time. Others you know, and networking is not just about meeting new people. It's about building and maintaining your network of social contacts and business contacts. So, so there's a number of things. One is, is think about all the opportunities you have. A neighborhood party is actually an opportunity to network. Um, 
as I mentioned, the football club, a local community, a school function, they're all opportunities to build your network. So I think we do this naturally. We just don't think about it. Second, the main reason I find most people get nervous about event networking is because they don't have a, an actually an effective elevator speech and, and they actually don't have a plan. If you have a plan and you've got a good elevator speech and then the last ones, you've practiced some. In today's day and age, you can practice on, a, on an iPhone or an Android phone and you can play it back and you can, you can really get yourself pretty good at this kind of stuff before you go. And again, if you have a mentality that it's not about flogging yourself, I'm trying to find out about other people who, ha- who I can help. And the number one thing I'm doing is try to find people that I can help somehow because I know my network works. I didn't know that 23 years ago, but I know my network works. And we can help people um, and they can help us. So it's, it's really a good thing. It's not a scary thing. But the one thing that I did mention is networks not just about getting new people. It's it's also, you know, there's plenty of people that are out there, but they don't necessarily always think of me or you or anyone else. So part of what I'm doing is just re-engaging, re-energizing those professional contacts. And, and when do they think about you? And people think about us a lot less than we think they do. And what do they think about us? So just finding ways to interact with people and events are one of them, but there's other ways as well. So if someone just doesn't want to do networking at an event, that's okay. It's a very effective way, but there are other ways. Well, and COVID has taught us that. So how has your network or approach to networking um, either meeting new people or staying connected with your existing network how has that changed over the past 12 months or so with with the pandemic not a heck of a lot so if there's three or four things that i normally do and i'll jump into them real fast um one of which was event networking that we've spent our time on so far there wasn't a lot of event networking in the last year um depending on where you're at in the world some of that might have still happened some of it kind of stopped in in my world in, in Australia, it's kind of starting again. Um, so I'm, I'm enjoying that. But, but one was events. The second one is, is I actually use a terminology called influencers. So there's, there's a handful of people that I try to manage, if it's a term, that I believe have the, have the ability to influence others to, um, to use or call on me. And so what I make sure those people are really well informed about what kinds of clients or, or people I'm looking for to be in my network, about what I can do, about what I stand for, what values I have, et cetera, et cetera. And, and I actually plan to see and or communicate with them. It doesn't have to be in person. It could be digitally. It could be phone calls. And, and so I've done that without being in person with people a lot in the last year. But I'm, I really believe people need to know specifically what you're looking for and how to go. And those people you can only have a handful of because it takes too much time to touch them every month. Um, 
with some information. I'm big on we do a favor for them before we ever have a favor, before we ever ask them for a favor. So um, I'm thinking, what can I do for them? Can I refer something to them? Can I give them a piece of information? Do I have some IP, intellectual property, that I could send? Could I introduce them to someone else? How do I help them? Because if they're really clear about what I'm looking for and they believe in me and and I help them first, there's a really good chance they're going to send people to me. So that's really important. And that influencer one is is really key to building and then maintaining maintaining a network. Then, then there's certainly some other things and you kind of hinted at it a little bit, Lisa, with the COVID thing. And and it's been happening anyways. It just sped things up. You know, what can you do um, using a digital presence and, and things like LinkedIn and and other digital means using using even basic things like email is, is you can actually do a lot of stuff with a little video, with podcasts, with other things to make sure that you're communicating with people that are either new and or existing and they continue to see what value add you can do, how can you help them, what they can do for you and vice versa so that your professional and or social contacts are interacting as we started from before. And that's really what I try to do if you look at the essence is how can I be at the fulcrum, how can I be the centerpiece of a, a group of people it's gotten large but at one point it was small but a group of people who have certain things in common and it almost becomes call jerry because he'll know who the best people are that can it can use it so many times i don't technically get something out of it but that's okay because i become the centerpiece that help everybody else and as long as i can do that in the long run I do just fine. Yeah, so you take a long-term look at your network and your approach to networking. Absolutely. I don't think this is something that you're going to turn around and say, well, I'm going to do A, B, and C, and I'm done in three months, and I never have to do it again. It is a career. It's a lifetime kind of approach. And, you know, many of us move around a little bit, so some of it becomes more challenging and difficult and different times and places it can be interesting but it's it's basically building that portfolio of people that know to call you and when to call you and and why to call you and vice versa so you know who else to to utilize and if you get a trusted network it opens so many doors it makes everything else so easy to do as a as a leader or even just a leader of your family, if you've got those people that you can call on, what a gift. Mm, absolutely. So we've talked a lot about the the how of networking and different approaches and, and that sort of thing. What I want to touch on now is, well, why is it important for um, aspiring board members? I think we've established that quite well, but why is it important for them as well as existing and new board members to be actively networking? It's a great question. I think board members are people too. And just like other kinds of people, they need to have professional and social networks to call on. So if I'm an aspiring board member, thinking about how do I make sure 
that people that might be interested in bringing on boards, people that might be senior executives, existing boards and everything else, how do they even know I exist? How do they know what I stand for? If someone hears my name, would they go, hey, that's somebody that I'd like to bring on board or I need them? Or if they ask someone, hey, I'm looking for a new board member, Lisa, who should, um, who should I get because I'm looking for someone with these skills? Are they even, is anyone then thinking of you? Because they probably have 20 seconds to think of you. And if they don't, that opportunity just passed. Mm -hmm. So as an aspiring board member, I'm not sure it's more important, but it is critically important that we're working our network, that people know what we're trying to do, that they know we're looking, we're seeking for the what kind of board seats, but particular board opportunities. And we're going to the right people. So we're not, again, we're not just wasting our time, but that the people that can help us and we can help, we're there. But I don't think this ever ends. Because again, as I mentioned before, it's not just new things, it's managing that those relationships. So if we're on an existing board, maybe we want more over time, or maybe you're coming up to the end of a board tenure. And I don't think this networking process is something you start and stop. It's a continuum that we do a little bit, little bit, little bit, but consistency is such an important topic um, here, just making sure we continue. Plus, there's another one. As a board member, you want to make sure, while the management are clearly doing the day-to-day -day operations, but if somebody mentions, hey, we're, we've got a risk management problem, be really great if you could turn around and say, well, I know someone who's an expert on risk management, maybe we ought to bring them in. Or you could make a phone call to another board member on a different board who's had a similar problem and go, how did you guys manage it? Those things are so worthwhile. And if you've got a really good network, you can you can play off of that. So I don't think it ever stops. It's a matter of managing and nurturing your existing network and continuing to make it just more powerful. Yeah, absolutely. So wrapping up our conversation here, one last question. What's the best piece of networking advice you ever received? Mm. Well, I'll tell you what, I think I've received it the hard way. Um, so I'm not even sure that anyone's given me really significant networking advice. Um, but I've learned it the hard way. Have a plan. You have to, it's like anything, you have to have a plan. I'm not talking about a 10-page book. It could be one page bullet points, but have a plan. So if it's, I'm going to have X amount of influencers, who are those influencers? If it's, I stand for something, what do you stand for? What's what's your Simon Sinek, your why, your purpose? If it's, um, I'm going to go to this or, well, it could be one, two, three, but you're not going to go to 28 events. You know, which event are you going? What's your KPI? As I mentioned, I'm going to meet X amount of new people that I have a reason to follow up. What am I going to do with LinkedIn and some of the digital things? If you start to have a plan for some of this and you stand for something, you'll probably, in fact, I'll say you'll almost for surely be able to do some really good things and build a great network and have a lot of fun doing it. 
But if you don't have a plan, you're just going to spin your wheels. You're going to spend a lot of time, a little bit of money. You'll get frustrated and you'll probably not just be out of your comfort zone. You'll be doing some things that will just make you not enjoy the process. Mm. I think it's fantastic that you talk about that because we've just created a new downloadable booklet for free called Networking for Board Success, which step-by-step actually takes people through that process of building that plan around their board goals. So look out for that in the show notes, guys. Now, Jerry, if people wanted to connect with you, which is always a good idea, a great place to start networking, could be with you. <laughs> How do they find you? Yeah, I'm, I'm pretty easy to find. But if you go on to LinkedIn and Jerry Kleeman, J-E-R-R-Y-K-L-E-E-M-A-N, pretty easy. Or uh, you can go on my website, which is just jerrykleeman.com. Well, thanks so much for being here today, Jerry. It was great chatting with you, honey, on the podcast. Thanks, baby. That was such a great conversation. I'm so glad that we could get some time with Jerry and have him share all about his networking strategy, networking approach. Recapping what we just had a conversation about, there are a few things that I wanted to reinforce. There's absolutely no silver bullet when it comes to networking. It takes a whole range of activities to to do and to be effective and to return that value to you from your networking. The most important thing, of course, if we think about networking taken in its broadest definition, is that it's an ongoing activity and that you need to maintain that consistency. Um, It's more than just going to events. It's incorporating a whole bunch of other activity that really aims to create you as the go-to person for people in your network. Uh, You likely know about go-to people that you go to very often in your network. So work at being that person for others as well. And that will return a lot of value to you. Um, The phrase, your network determines your net worth, absolutely rings loud and true in the board space. So I really encourage you to get out of your comfort zone if networking is something that intimidates you maybe start with some one-to-one sort of connection activities with people who already exist in your network that's a really um, low barrier to entry easier way to get started and work out from there Uh, be sure to check out the show notes on the get on board australia website to download the networking for board success workbook and let me know how you go with that. If you haven't already, I invite you to subscribe, rate and review the Board Shorts podcast on your favorite podcast app. And please feel free to share that you're listening and what your takeaways are from this episode on social media using the hashtag Board Shorts podcast. Thank you so much for listening. And I look forward to talking with you in the next episode.